This is the reality. And a very hearty hello to you once again. Welcome to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the reality of real life as found in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Dudley Anderson. It's so good to be with you once again. Let me remind you that I do appreciate contact from you very much indeed. Do drop me an email, dudley at shorereality.net. The Reality is produced by listener-supported radio ministry, Shore Reality. More information at shorereality.net. Often in life, we meet someone who has such a sheer encounter with the grace of God that it leaves you feeling overwhelmed by God's love and His mercy. Stephen Smith was a professional thief hooked on alcohol, heroin, and crack. In his words, he was a broken, miserable, self-destructing wretch of a man. Having grown up in a Christian environment, in his crisis, Stephen called on the name of the God of his mother. Still addicted to drugs and at rock bottom after losing the woman he loved, Stephen found himself one day in a public toilet, in a bathroom, desperate for a touch from God. And it was when I was in this toilet cubicle that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. The truth is, is that God didn't fill me with his spirit by with a priest laying his hand on my head. But it happened in a toilet cubicle. This is the God who meets us in our mess. The first thing I thought was, well, I'm com- I must be coming up off of some old ecstasy pills I've taken. I looked in the mirror. My eyes weren't dilated. They were perfectly fine. All I can explain it was is it was like the sun was beaming out of my chest. Today's The Reality was recorded via Skype. Here is Stephen Smith with his story. So I was just a, a common lad, really, who grew up in Doncaster in a little pit town up north. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I had a great upbringing as, as, as a young boy. I had a, a Christian family, um, loved dearly, um, never really wanted anything. Really, I had everything that we ever wanted. And things really did look great on the outside. But I, I, I happened to start to get bullied at a very young age. And really, when I look back on my life, I kind of look back on that. And I think, well, why did I get bullied? And the only reason I can really think of is because uh, that God had his hand on my life. Um, I always kind of ask these questions. I mean, there were other things going on in my life. I think I kind of struggled for a role model, to be honest. Uh, my dad you know, he was a great dad. He did all that he, he could to love us in his own understanding of what love was. But we didn't really have much of a relationship uh, with my dad when we were younger because he would work constantly for long hours um, to put money, uh, to put food on the table um, and stuff. So so we always had what we everything we needed materialistically. But I think there were just some things there emotionally that were lacking. I can remember that my uh, my mother used to uh, take us to church um, every every Sunday. She used to force us to go to church. I mean, we didn't really want to go to church as kids, but she she took us to church. And I can remember I used to just think, man, why why can't I be like you know the rest of the kids? You know, why can't we stay up till late at night? Why can't we watch eighteen movies? Why can't we swear? Why can't we be? Why can't I be like all the other kids at school? Mm. 
And uh, this just caused me really to resent Jesus and resent resent religion. I, I, I didn't really like it. Uh, I, I hated my own family uh, because of Jesus and because of, uh, you know, Christianity. And it just caused me really to be a rebel. The bullying, uh, you know, the, 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 the Christianity at home caused me really to just become a bit of a rebel. And it wasn't until uh, I was 15 years old at the back gates of, uh, of, of the school and I got introduced uh, to cannabis. Now, the Bible says that there's a, there's a way that seems right un, unto, the, unto a man, but the end of it leads to destruction. And this was certainly the case when I look back on this situation. I, here I had, I had cannabis being handed to me by the bullies at the, at the back gates of the school. And I knew that if I accepted this cannabis and started to smoke cannabis, then the bullies would go away. I could become one of the crowd. I could hide in the darkness. And so that's what I did. I started to smoke cannabis. I got in with the bullies. I got in with the wrong crowd. Things were great for my final year of school. But unfortunately, when I'd left school, the root of addiction uh, had, had really taken root in my heart. And uh, it wasn't long till uh, I, I began to experiment with other drugs like uh, amphetamines and ecstasy. Um, things got so bad at home by this point that my mum actually kicked me out of their house. Uh, my mum was feeling suicidal. She was beyond herself with the stress that was causing. I can remember having a, a knife up to my brother's throat. So my mum kicked me out. I moved out of home. That's how I saw it. And I thought, great, I can do what I like now. And I spent a year on the streets in Doncaster injecting numerous amounts of amphetamines and ecstasy into my arms. And in the course of that year, I ended up getting sectioned off three times. I can remember one particular time when I woke up on a psychiatric ward and I was talking to my nipples and my fingers, hearing voices. Man, I was absolutely crazy. By the end of that time, um, I ended up going to prison and I got in with some of the guys in prison and I realized, do you know what? Being crazy isn't really a cool thing. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to sort my life out. So I come out of prison. I started smoking cannabis again. And that was my idea of being clean. Things just carried on and blowed over like this for a while, just smoking cannabis, keeping my head down, until eventually um, I, got, I got a job. And uh, it wasn't long before I started taking other drugs again. It wasn't long before drugs had kind of become like a, a sweet shop. What do I fancy today? I'll take whatever I can get my hands on. And so I was taking uh, ecstasy and amphetamines again on a weekend, um, I started binge drinking on alcohol. And by the age of 19, I can remember that I started committing street robberies um, in the town where I lived. I was notorious for uh, beating people up and robbing them uh, at the side of the road. I was in the newspaper. And it was at this moment when really that Christian identity that I'd grown up with, by this time that had completely gone. Now my identity was found in drugs and crime. And one thing I really want to say about that is, you know, I was someone who felt victimized all my life. I was someone who had been bullied. And really, I was trying to cope with this cowardly feeling that I had inside. And so when I was committing these crimes, I wasn't only feeding my drug habit with the money uh, that I would make from it, but I was, I was also feeding um, that insecurity, that cowardly feeling inside in that I felt like I was being the man. I felt like I was the strong man in victimizing other people.
And so I ended up going to prison in the end. Prison was a was a crazy time. Um, I did about 10, I think I've been to prison about 10 times in total. Um, and then I came out of prison. I got with a, a, a woman, a, a fiance, and then I had this three-bedroom house with this uh, with, with this lady I was engaged to. She was my the love of my life at the time. We had two pet dogs, a three-bedroom house, and that's it. I'd have I'd, I had everything that I'd ever dreamt of. I was like a normal person, if you like. But if I'm really honest, there was still something missing. I used to wake up um, every morning and just have this feeling in my heart, like I've got everything that I've ever wanted now. I'm like a normal person, but there's still something missing. And I can remember um, I ended up drinking alcohol excessively. I still had lots of anxiety um, from the life that I'd been living. And it got to the point where I was waking up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, withdrawing from alcohol, shaking, throwing up, being sick. Um, and I would be the one who was queuing up with the older men they, by the news by the news agents, they'd all be queuing up for newspapers. I'd be queuing up for a bottle of cheap cider. By that time in my life, I was taking twenty-five cocodamol a day and drinking eight liters of cheap cider daily. Things escalated after that. With the, the relationship that we was in was became quite volatile, and it wasn't long before I was on heroin. I was taking heroin and crack cocaine. Um, and this was at the age of 25. And it was at that moment in my life that I found God. You see, what had happened was, is my fiance, who I was engaged to, she ended up running off with another heroin addict. You see, she was on heroin as well by this time. And that is the lowest of the low. You know, she didn't just run off with another man, but she ran off with another heroin addict. I can remember that she said she was going to move into this house with me. And when I moved into this bedsit, she didn't come. She wasn't there. There I was left in this grotty old bedsit with a mattress and one of those old box TVs. I can be waking up the following morning, withdrawing from heroin, thinking, man, I need to go out and steal to feed my habit. But I thought, I need to sort my life out if things are ever going to get better. So I got on a, a script. I got on some methadone. I started trying to sort my life out. I got the bedsit all sorted. I was selling cannabis again by this time uh, and just making a bit of money and, and, and just smoking cannabis like it was a cigarette. And I can remember this one day when I was sat in front of the match of the day. It was an incredible moment. I'll never forget it. It was like it happened yesterday. I was watching the match of the day. And at that moment, I realized just the vanity in the football industry. Now, don't get me wrong, I love football, I'm a Man United fan. But it was in that moment when I recognised the vanity in the football industry, the celebrityism, the pride of life, the, the idolatry. You know, there they are, these players are getting paid millions to kick a lump of air around and all these thousands and thousands of fans are going crazy. They're worshipping, they're praising their football team. It was at that moment I thought they should be giving God the glory, the God who created them. I can remember looking down at my hands. I was in the in bed in the bedsit. I looked at my joint of cannabis in my hand, and I was filled with sorrow and guilt. I stubbed the joint out. I rolled over on my side to the wall, so humbled, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry for rejecting you. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give you a try. 
So I started going to church. Four weeks later, I, I found myself in a training center training to be a forklift driver for the first time in like six years. I actually grabbed a bit of hope to think that I want to get a job. I want to, I actually want to start trying to do something in my life. And it was when I was in this toilet cubicle that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. The truth is, is that God didn't fill me with his spirit uh, by with a priest laying his hand on my head or at the front of a church, but it happened in a toilet cubicle. This is the God who meets us where we are. He meets us in our mess. And I can remember as I prayed, I had my head up to the wall in the toilet cubicle and I really just apologized to God for rejecting him, for rejecting my family, and for all of the things that I'd done in my life that didn't bring him glory. And it was in that moment when all I can explain it was, is it was like the sun was beaming out of my chest. This light, this love was flowing from out of me. The first thing I thought was, well, I'm com- I must be coming up off of some old ecstasy pills I've taken. I looked in the mirror, my eyes weren't dilated, they were perfectly fine. And I thought, wow, what is going off here? This is such an, an experience. I walked out of the toilet cubicle. By this time, I've got this like love and fear and glory all wrapped together in my heart. I'm trembling, I'm shaking. And as I step out of the toilet cubicle, I felt these words in my spirit so clearly. I felt God say to me, Stephen, I'm calling you out of drug addiction. That day I went home, the clouds looked amazing, the birds sang even louder, the sky looked bluer than it had ever seen, everything was colourful, it was in HD. And I went home, I flushed my drugs down the toilet, I stopped smoking, I carried on on my methadone script, and eventually I went off to Teen Challenge, and my life has never been the same again. You see, I shouldn't be alive today. I've nearly died uh, about four times throughout the course of my life. I remember one time when I was beaten up at the back of prison and chucked in a river, left for dead. I've also been uh, beaten up in a bedsit with about four or five guys, a gang, they came round to rob my house and they attacked me brutally with bottles like four times. They bottled me on the head numerously. I had blood coming out of my ears. My eyes were stuck together. And if it wasn't for one of my mates jumping out of the window and for an ambulance, I wouldn't be here to tell the tale today. And I can remember uh, a third time um, when I uh, actually died of a heroin overdose. Um, I took too much heroin uh, in this uh, in this crack house and uh, I actually went blue. I stopped breathing. Um, and for some reason that day, those guys, in the, those addicts in that crack house, they phoned an ambulance. I mean, these guys were known for leaving people dead in alleyways, but for some de- some reason, they phoned an ambulance, and I am alive to tell the story today. And I know it's because Jesus Christ had his hand on my life. This is a God who loved me before I ever even believed or loved him. And that is the beauty of the gospel. The reality is produced in partnership with the Good News Broadcasting Association. To listen to this program again, please visit the website gnba.net. For more information about GNBA and other radio programs that we produce, please send an email to info at gnba.net. Email us info at gnba.net. 
You're listening to The Reality. It's a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. I'm Dudley Anderson. Really good to have your company. Perhaps you're listening up today and you have some questions or some comments, or maybe, just maybe, you'd like me to pray with you. I really would like to receive an email from you, and we can pray together. Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by the listener-supported radio ministry, Sure Reality. Today we're speaking to Stephen Smith, who discovered the reality that God meets us in our mess. An amazing story how how he was raised in a Christian home and turned his back on God as a teenager and rebelled. After suffering bullying at school, Stephen turned to drugs and alcohol to help him to be accepted by the crowd. Gradually, drugs and alcohol took over his life until he began stealing to feed his habit. In and out of prison, Stephen nearly died four times. But the God of his youth had his hand on Stephen. Stephen called on the name of Jesus Christ in the midst of his crisis, and the Lord comforted him. But sadly, he continued in his lifestyle of drugs and crime. Then, one day, after a futile effort to turn his life around, Stephen found himself in a bathroom, a public toilet cubicle, where God miraculously met him. The Holy Spirit of God filled his heart, his soul, and his body. He had such a remarkable encounter with God's Spirit that he thought he was having a drug high until he confirmed that he had no drugs in his system. The reality was God had met Stephen Smith in the mess of his life. We continue to speak to Stephen via Skype for the reality. Stephen, what an amazing story. God is the most incredible friend, the most incredible caring father. In your mess, he saved you. You said God meets us in our mess. You grew up understanding a little bit about God. And then during your time of crisis, taking drugs, doing crime, you said you met the Lord. At that point, this is before you were filled with the Spirit, before God actually touched your life and delivered you from drugs. At that point, when you suddenly discovered that God is real, what happened? How did you suddenly discover that this God that you learned as a child is real? Well, it was at that moment, really, when I was in the bedsit, which I spoke about, the grotty old bedsit. I can remember there was that moment when, you know, in the lead up to that experience with the match of the day and everything with the football, um, I was doing a lot of questioning, really, in the lead up to that. You know, I was at rock bottom in my life. I mean, I was at rock bottom financially. I'd been a lot worse off in the past when I'd been homeless and stuff. But I was at rock bottom emotionally. I'd lost the will to live. You know, my, my fiancé had left me for another man. Everything that I ever wanted, I'd lost. And it was almost like life had uh, swallowed me and chewed me up and spat me out too many times. And I was just broken. I was miserable. I suppose I'd always been lost, but now I realized I I was lost. And it was in that moment when I began to dream about this God that my mum used to tell us about. Mm. And I used to think if that God was real, Mm. then I'd have hope. I'd have a way out. I'd have a reason to live. Praise God. You know, I've spoken to uh, drug addicts. Uh, I have a, a good friend, bless him. Uh, I love him very dearly. Uh, but uh, he he doesn't he doesn't want to give up his drugs. He loves it too much. He he wants to stay there. But you came to a point in your life where you realized that this whole scene, not just the drugs, but the whole way of life that you were living, was futile. It was empty. What are your words to somebody like my friend who who's living there and he wants to keep on, you know, drinking and taking drugs and, and, and doing the things that you used to do? 
Well, that's good. That's a that's a tough question to answer, really, Dudley. I mean, I was that person for many years. I mean, my mum and uh, used to share the gospel with me all the time. I used to get angry at her when she did. I mean, I've had numerous uh, ministers and pastors as well who have tried to share the gospel with me over the years. But it was just that moment, really, when you know, when when I realised really my my own my own mess. To be honest, the realisation of of the life. I had been living. I suppose what I would simply say to that person um, would be that, you know, you can find the things that that are in the drugs. The the thing, the reason why we take the drugs is because we want to feel a sense of self-worth, a sense of uh, well-being. You know, we want to feel love. We want to feel value. We want an identity. I can remember I was always looking for some identity and I put my identity in drugs, in the culture of drugs. And when I found Jesus Christ, I found everything that I've been searching for in the drugs. I felt well-being, I felt comfort, I felt peace, I felt loved. There's nothing better than knowing that God is holding me in the palm of his hand and that he is guiding my destiny and that I am living for a reason. Fantastic. And you were in that toilet, in that uh, in that loo, in that toilet. And you said God delivers us out of our mess where we're in a mess. Uh, again, thinking of other people, uh, some people believe that we need to get our lives cleaned up before we can come to God. What is your word to them? Um, my word would be um, none of us can ever be clean enough for God. Uh, that really is the truth. I mean, the truth is, is that I was addicted to drugs, you know, and people might be saying, oh, well, you really needed God, Stephen. The truth is, is that we're all addicts. We're just not addicted to drugs. We're all addicted to sin. Um, and the, the truth is, is that religion will tell you to, you know, get good for God, you know, get yourself ready for God. But we can never be good enough for God. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's the reason why he sent Jesus into our mess so that he could redeem us. He could save us from ourselves. Um, and so that we then, I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? It's, mm. it's a free gift of salvation. Um, and that is what mercy and grace mean. And it's all found in Jesus Christ. And, you know, all we have to do is believe by faith. Well, we just we just have to believe in him and trust in what God has done in Christ. Yeah. And then he gives us righteousness. He gives us peace with God. He forgives us and he gives us eternal life. Praise God. Two scriptures come to mind. One says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, uh, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made Jesus who hung upon the cross and when he was on that cross it was a, a depiction of sin. God made Jesus to be sin, to be that guy that you were, Steve, uh, hooked on yeah. drugs, hooked on violence and crime. Jesus became like that. He didn't literally commit the crime, but he was imputed with that crime as he hung upon the cross. And the other yeah. scripture that comes to mind is this, that God loved us, showed his love for us so much, so much that even while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. We can't get our lives right to come to God. He makes our lives right, doesn't he? Yeah, I just love it. You know, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Amen. So um, God changed your life. Uh, you had a supernatural encounter with the Holy Spirit in a toilet. He delivered you from drugs. What an amazing God we serve. So, Stephen Smith, what are you doing with your life now? So, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question, Dudley, really, because it's only half a story, isn't it, so far? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, life's been certainly very amazing, exciting and fulfilling um, ever since I made that decision, really. And when I look back on it, every year has been better than the last. It just seems to, as God takes me from glory to glory, uh, life just gets more and more fulfilling and more and more uh, satisfying, really, and exciting. So I spent a year in, in Teen Challenge. Um, I just want to thank God publicly for the ministry of Teen Challenge. It's a Amen. Christian so. rehab, mm -hmm. which was uh, founded by David Wilkerson in New York back in the uh, the 60s, I think. Um, and uh, I spent a year on their rehab program. And basically, it's just a discipleship program. That's what Teen Challenge is. You know, it's Jesus is the answer to the drug addict, to the problem, the life-controlling issues of the drug addict's heart. Only Jesus can heal that. And so, I, you know, I, I detoxed for four weeks, and then I, I embarked on this discipleship program, this rehabilitation program, for about nine months. And then after that, um, I ended up staying on and doing their leadership academy. I spent a year doing that. And it was during my time in, in the Teen Challenge Leadership Academy that God revealed to me that he was calling me into the ministry uh, to be uh, to be a pastor. Um, and uh, I was just like, wow, this is the desire of my heart. This is exactly the thing that I feel like called that I want to do. And so uh, I went to Regents Theological College, which is uh, Elam's Bible College, um, had an amazing time there, mm -hmm. um, and I came out of Regents with a degree. Uh, I just that blows me away every time. God's mercy in that I used to be in and out of prison, um, not really got any qualifications, and now I have a degree in mm -hmm. theology. Mm -hmm. um, I am now a, a minister in training. Um, I hold a, a credential for Elam Pentecostal churches. Um, as a trainee minister, um, which I'm in my second year now of that, and Praise once God. I finish my third year uh, in probation as a as a trainee minister, I, I will I will be ordained as a minister. And we're currently um, in Oxford um, right now, planting uh, a fresh Elam church in Oxford. Um, and I just think, wow, you know, a common lad like me uh, hooked on drugs in Doncaster. I now get to live in Oxford, in one of the most, in a prestigious city in this country, planting a fresh church, hmm. and things are growing great. The church is growing, things are happening, and it's just so exciting. You know, I'm living with a purpose today, and I do just have to add one final bit as well, which I need to make sure I don't forget. Yeah. Um, there's so much to talk about here. There's so much to tell. But um, uh, I got married a year ago. You know, wow. I have a wife now. I have an incredible godly woman uh, by my side and after the time i have to just pinch myself and think god what on earth is she doing with me <laughs> i mean she's she's you know she's she's a she's a good woman you know she's a godly woman oh. and I, I, it's just god's grace it has to be god's favor Amen. um and uh, just two day, two weeks ago uh, we've just had our first baby boy wow, um, congratulations named him yeah thank you we've named him shiloh um Named him after Jesus, basically, the, the Messiah, because it's in the Messiah, it's in Jesus, it's in Shiloh, that all this life that I'm living is possible. Wow. Um, and so we see that baby boy um, as a manifestation and a mark of God's mercy and grace and faithfulness on our lives. And I just end with this, uh, this one point, really. When I was on drugs, um, the plan for my life always used to be up until about 30 years because my expectation was is that I would be dead by 30 um, and 
God has just, it's almost like the devil promised me that I'd be dead by 30, but God brought a new life in my son, in my baby boy at 32. And I just think that that's the God that we serve. The enemy tells us lies, but God comes with truth that leads to life. Stephen Smith, thank you so much for joining us on The Reality Today. Today on The Reality, speaking to Stephen Smith. If Stephen has said something that has challenged your heart and life as it has mine, then I would love to receive an email from you. Drop me a note, dudley at surereality.net. Perhaps you'd like to give your life to Jesus as Stephen did. Again, email me, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality in partnership with the Good News Broadcasting Association. You can find out more about GNBA at the website gnba.net or drop them a note by writing to info at gnba.net. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you as always, keep your eyes on Jesus and God bless.